This is MuggleCast, the Harry Potter podcast discussing everything about J.K. Rowling's wizarding world. This week's episode is brought to you by Blue Apron. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash MuggleCast. And by Love Pop. Surprise your loved one with a gorgeous laser-cut paper greeting card for their birthday or any other occasion. Love Pop's greeting cards stand out from the rest. Visit lovepop.com slash MuggleCast today. And by BarkBox, a monthly subscription box for your pup. With BarkBox, you and your dog get themed treats and toys delivered to your door. Visit BarkBox.com slash MuggleCast to get a free extra month. Welcome to MuggleCast episode 333, MC333. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. Mike is not here this week. He had his birthday a few days ago, and he was surprised with tickets to a ball basket game. So he's he's there. Was it that, or was it hockey, or ball base? I can't. Uh, oh, it was ball base, he, wasn't did, it? Did he say Bruins? I'm not sure what he said. Uh, I don't know. He's doing something involving sports. But joining us this week, longtime MuggleCast listener, first time on the show, longtime hypeable writer as well, Katie. Awad? How do you pronounce your last name? Awad? Awad, yeah. Awad. Awad. <laughs> Kitty Awad, up in Canada. Where in Canada are Toronto. you? Toronto. Do you like it up there? Should we move up there? I mean, considering what's going on down there, yeah. Yeah, you should move up here. <laughs> <laughs> are you offering us space in your abode? There is room. That's all I'm saying. There is room for you. Oh, oh man. That's How that's long perfect. have you been listening to Muggle Cascade? Oh, my gosh. Uh, episode... 40 to 50 somewhere in there that's awesome it's so good to have you on finally it's great to finally be on yeah we actually saw cursed child together yes we did and katie was also out there in london with her parents and i met your parents briefly yes very briefly like oh she's been listening for so long (laughs) yeah it wasn't embarrassing at all (laughs) (laughs) no it's good It, it was nice to meet them and nice to hang with you over in london and uh, yeah, so welcome to the show. Uh, it was baseball or ball ball base? Did you say? <laughs> ba- oh, it's um, baseball. I thought it was called ball base. I'm sorry. It's a Mets. It's a Mets game today. They're playing the Florida Marlins. Okay. Um, if they're or Miami Marlins, I don't. They're different than they used to be. But yeah, Something Miami Marlins, New York Mets. So he's at that game. But we're lovely, uh, really excited to have Katie. Um, yeah, yeah. And this is this is a mailbag episode. Let's spoil it. <laughs> It is there. There, there isn't news, but we also wanted to have a another one of these more open ended discussions that we've been doing in recent weeks. Yes, spoke about merchandising. We spoke about pop culture, and I was looking through Pottermore the other day for ideas for like what we could talk about. Believe it or not, I'm now going to Pottermore for inspiration. <laughs> and I what have we art- come to? <laughs> I found this article that they did on how to talk to that one person in your in your life who hasn't read Harry Potter, how to like convince them. So I thought we could talk about that, how to how to convince people that they should be reading Harry Potter if they're not already. Mm-hmm. Especially adults. Yeah. How to get them into it if they haven't because there are those people. So we are going to talk about that and actually that we're going to start off with that this week. Um so like I said I was reading this Pottermore article and uh I, I thought it brought up some interesting points. And we also got some feedback from our patrons as well. So let's just jump right into it. I, I feel like adults 
who haven't read Harry Potter yet have been very apprehensive for for starters because it has always been seen as a children's novel. <laughs> mm. At least that's what a lot of people say. Which if you're listening to this show, you know that's BS. Um, yes, absolutely. Katie, when did you get into Harry Potter? It must have been when you were young. I was in grade 3. It was the first movie. Is that shameful? The movies got me into the the series. <gasps> no, <it's okay. laughs> no, no, no. Eric that was the same as with well. me. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so first movie. And then when did you decide to read the books? Right after the first movie. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. There you go. <laughs> Easy enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think a lot, of, a lot of people did start reading thanks to the movies. And maybe Fantastic Beasts did as well. So I thought we could just kind of go around the table and, and, one, figure out why people haven't started reading. Eric gets around in Chicago a lot. Do you ever run into people out there who haven't read Harry Potter who are our age? Who are our age? Um, mm-hmm. Yes, actually. A surprising number of friends I met through improv uh, know of Harry Potter, but have never given it a chance and have never read the books. And, you know, as to sort of like placate my shock and awe, they're just like, wait, 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 but I've seen all the movies. <laughs> and I'm and just you're like, like, well, that doesn't count. It's I, I say, I said, that's fine. I just, you know, I try and respect <laughs> people's time and the time commitments that they've, you know. The things that they've spent time on in their lives are probably just as important as the things that I have spent time on in my life. However, I do often find myself in these conversations, as a matter of fact, where I am having to kind of toe the line between the do's and don'ts of this Pottermore article. And this article is, you know, I obviously missed it uh, whenever it had come out. But reading it, I'm, I'm, you know, very, I think it's kind of cute. Uh, how how it gives it just it's really trying to advise people to like not be a jerk about people who haven't read and to like try and say things that would have mass appeal versus using specific references to I don't know maybe which may turn them off further. I'm gonna say something controversial. I don't think people who have only seen the movies are Harry Potter fans like at all. <laughs> Because you don't really understand the depth of the story if you've only seen the movies. You're seeing visual recaps of the books. I I think that probably reflects negatively on how you feel about the adaptations, though. Because I think yeah. some of those movies I are mean... real good adaptations. Yeah, Katie, what were you going to say? Not a fan of the movies? I love the movies, but I wouldn't say they're great adaptations. They're great yeah. for standalone piece if you don't compare them to the books and i guess another reason i say this is because i don't know anyone who has seen all the movies hasn't read the books and is a big fan well you i don't think you could listen to this podcast having not read the books i will say that Right. right like i just don't think there's enough for and a listener who has not read the books when we are constantly referencing stuff that happened in books mm-hmm. to to talk about it. Now, with Fantastic Beasts, it might be a little different um, on that front because it is just a movie. But uh, before that, you know, it's it's kind of a wash. And the the question then that I have, too, is if you watch the movies first, which I did, uh, or at least the first movie, and then started reading, like – 
are you only a fan if you've seen the movies and then were inspired to read the books? Mm-hmm. Well, I would hope that that would be the case, but I know people like my own brother. I'm Ugh. so embarrassed to say this. My own brother has seen the movies, loves the movies. He he loves the 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 details that they do provide. He loves the story, the arcs, all of that, but he still hasn't read them and he refuses to, and I can't get a good answer out of him for why. You know, now what? his girlfriend, oh yeah, just read the books and she's obsessed and still this little brat that i call my brother still hasn't read the books and 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 he'll text me he'll be like andrew why this this and that and i'm like ryan read the books and then you will find out and then he like he, he thinks he's a smart kid um but he tries to find plot holes and stuff and he's like well why did this happen if that happened i'm like in just the read the books it'll make more sense <laughs> yeah yeah while he's watching the movies because in college him and his friends love watching the movies, I think especially when they're on like ABC Family or sorry, Freeform. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just like, ugh, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. It's it's to the point. Meanwhile, he's reading the Game of Thrones books and refusing to watch the TV show. Oh, my God. I, I just okay. can't figure it's so out. Backwards. He's just a weird kid. He's just a strange kid, okay? He's just yeah. weird. <laughs> he said but, he wants to be pure. That's why he's not watching the, the, pure. The, the TV show. I'm like, well, okay. I'm telling you, in the 10-year t- delay it's going to take from the time he finishes reading those books for the next book to come out, he's going right. to cave and watch one of the best television series ever put on television. I'll just say that. Right. But That's, that's what I've said, though. Andrew, we've stumbled on the third don't of this Pottermore article. Don't be a book snob. <laughs> Here's the I subheading. can't believe Pottermore is saying yeah. don't be a book snob. I'm don't sorry, but snob. sometimes you got to be mean to your friends. And in this case, you do need to be a book snob. Here's By the, the way, they included they yeah. included a photo of book snob Hermione raising her hand really high in this part of the yeah. article. Here's the explanation. That's a, that's exactly you, Andrew. I, I, I look at that picture, I see you. She, it says, of course you've read all seven books ten plus times, but a person who has seen a couple of the movies should still be celebrated. Oh, oh, wait. As a potential thing. Okay. Okay, wait a minute. That's a little bit being like a snob, but Pedro, uh, Pottermore, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I, I I jotted down some ideas. First of all, let's say you're at the bar with your friend and you're talking about Harry Potter somehow comes up and then they reveal that they've never read the books. And then first you gasp mm-hmm. because like this is shocking for most people these days. <laughs> but I, I would start off by calmly explaining to them that it is only the greatest series they will ever read. I think it's just that simple. Just Just aim high. Just tell them right off the bat you are missing out on the greatest series you will ever read. Speak with confidence when you do it. Mm-hmm. And and I would be more confident than ever in telling somebody that because as we've spoken about uh, over the, the show's history, protect, particularly in the past year or two, Harry Potter has stuck around. It hasn't yeah. been a fad. You, you, you carry with you the stories and the characters and the themes and the motives in this series. Um because they are so so good so mm-hmm. i think i think we should be proud to say and we should go there and say that it is the greatest series and it, you will carry it with you and it'll stick with you i do use this technique actually and it seems it seems bold you're right but i i do i kind of lead with that to be honest because what um, else would you say yeah what, what else what other series could there be i mean lord of the rings i guess <laughs> but that's only yeah. three books boring Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, t- I tend to, when in conversation, talk about how good it is. And I, you know, I give a, a couple little reasons, you know, characterization, um, the mystery aspect, uh, and, you know, just the, the, the depth of Rowling's imagination. Um, but then I, then I also kind of go into as well my own experiences with it, like, you know, in the podcast. Sometimes, if they're curious, I'm just like, you know, this book series came up right around the same time as the internet. Um, and you know, I happen to mention some of the other things like, you know, the fan sites and things like between books, there was a, a ton of people that like, this is why Harry Potter is so popular. You should not be afraid or apprehensive of how massive it is. You know, that was the reason I didn't like Harry Potter at first. I was like, what's the big deal? You know, boy, wizard, evil old man, scary, trying to kill him. Oh boy. And I didn't get it. But once you give yourself that shot, you get in so, so deep and, you know, I, I kind of like to tease that there's a community out there who would be 100% welcoming. Um, and, you know, you could have these conversations with your neighbor uh, that you never could have had before if you just give it a shot. It would be interesting to me now, if you started reading now and you got into the fandom now, how you would get into the fandom. Because, like, the. Well, there are still fan sites, but they're they're not the the size and the community like on a daily basis. It's yeah. not there that it used to be. Like, I guess you could listen to the podcast or <laughs> go to the Harry Potter Reddit. Um, you can still go to MuggleNet and the various forums, but like, I just I do like because I met a lot of my friends through MuggleNet, through the Harry Potter conventions, attending events stuff like that like i wonder if you could make quote unquote harry potter friends these days it's a good question i mean at this point are all people our age who have not read the harry potter books being brought into the fold by a friend who has read and is that friend who has read the only people that they can talk to when they're reading yeah um for the first time i mean i would absolutely like if any of the people i've been talking to about this actually picked up a harry potter book i would love to have conversations with them as they go along because i think that would be a new interesting perspective too Mm -hmm. i also would explain to people that and this is something you hear a lot that that it did turn millions of mainly kids into readers people didn't really kids didn't really love reading until they found harry potter Mm-hmm. Um, but the same could be said probably for adults as well. I don't think you hear it as much, but it is probably just as true uh, that Harry Potter did turn a lot of people into readers. Yeah. Lifelong yeah, readers. And it, a lot of times, you know, I'll try and give myself a little, uh, you know, foot up. Uh, if basically they, I ask them, you know, if you haven't read Harry Potter, are you a reader? Do you read often? Because some people no, just don't. books suck. Yeah. Some people just don't. And like that either comes from, bad childhood experiences or the fact that when you're adult, you're so much busier, you have so much other stuff. So, you know, I try and levy my response based on whether or not they read in general and adults who read a lot and somehow still haven't gotten to Harry Potter are, I think still a little bit easier to convince than people who just don't make time for reading. I struggle with this. I don't have time for reading or I don't make time for reading uh, today. And there's tons of books, even ones that I own that I've never read and, you know, it's a problem juggling time when you're an adult. But tr- yeah. trying to convince somebody to make time for something they don't already make time to do is is also very much harder. But if you but lo- everybody now listens to something during the day or whatever, whether it's music or 
or whatever. Like you can give them an audio book. That's and a it's very still... good point. Yep. That's How are point. do you? What do you do, Katie? Are you reading books, audio books, podcasts? Yeah, I'm the same as Eric. I actually have. I used to read religiously, and then since entering the working world, I don't have a lot of time to read anymore. Mm-hmm. So now it's just podcasts and stuff on my way to work. Mm-hmm. Have you tried audiobooks? I did. I listened to, of all things, Aragon. I listened to that in, on, on an audiobook. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Who narrates that? Do you know? I don't remember. Okay. It's Christopher Polini himself. Oh, was no, it? Yeah. No, no, I don't know. Oh. I don't know. Um, I, I... Um, I, I've been trying to carve out, and I've actually done this pretty successfully about a half hour before I think I'm going to fall asleep. That's when I try to read at night. It, for me, it can, I can only read at night because like you guys are saying, you're adulting during the day weekends. I can try to read a little bit more, especially in the mornings, but like, oh, there's just so many distractions. Like, I'm obsessed with the Nintendo Switch right now and the Legend of Zelda <laughs> oh Breath God. of the Wild. And I swear I was going to read this morning. I was like, okay, I'm going to get off my computer right now and then read it. And then I lay on my bed and I'm like, but Zelda. So then I loaded up Zelda and started playing that instead. <laughs> um, but but still, reading at night works best for me because I'm burnt out on Zelda and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I do often, when I do read, I do fall asleep, and that kind of hinders yeah. my ability to read, too. <laughs> I know. It's so true. Like, I've been trying to get through... I have, I'm reading an Agatha Christie book right now um, called The Murder of Roger Ackroyd, and I like it. I like it just fine, but I have not continued it for probably a month, because mm-hmm. I started reading, and I fall asleep, and I started... It's just... Yeah. I don't know. And another thing about it being called a kid series it's just not true because this it, it the series only gets deeper and deeper as it progresses the theme yeah, i mean i hate i hate how much not for children the late mo- later movies are i hate how dark they are how color washed and dry and i don't mind that but i'm talking yeah. about the books yeah like i i would not consider this consider those later books kids books at all yeah no it's just i, mean, I, I don't even know if because Harry Potter changed everything, um, I don't even know if you could still find Harry Potter in the children's section at Barnes Noble. Because isn't there, when there, when there, there's a young adult section now. It's oh, all yeah. young young adult literature, fantasy fiction. It's not you wouldn't find Harry Potter next to Babar anymore. Um, or Good Night yeah, Moon. That's true. You know that's true. Mm-hmm. So that uh, stereotype needs to die and should probably you know be be buried but uh where harry potter is in the bookstores now in many cases probably has its own section its own table like this is i don't know how much i don't know how much we could become like make it clearer that harry potter is a phenomenon than 21 years or 20 years after it was first published it still has its own section in in every chain bookstore um yeah and I think part of that has to do with Fantastic Beasts, but yeah, it's it it is still massively popular. Mm-hmm. Um, along the lines, of getting back to getting your friends into it. Again, I'm not sure how you make friends in this Harry Potter in this 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 fandoms day and age, but you can tell them, hey, if you're looking to make some new friends, <laughs> meet your soulmate. 
you can start reading Harry Potter, which is kind of a weird thing to tell people. But it's also true. Like, you can just tell people that the friends that you've made through Harry Potter. And I know tons of people. Okay, that's a slight exaggeration. Not tons. But I know plenty of people who have met either their best friend or somebody they ended up marrying down the road thanks to the Harry Potter fandom. Or just, or just you know, date somebody for a really long time thanks to Harry Potter. I know plenty of examples of that, myself included. I fell mm. in love with Eric and it didn't work out between us, but we tried. <laughs> we're giving it another try because you're moving to Chicago. <laughs> so we're going to try again. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I mean, and I, I, I know other people there in Chicago thanks to Harry Potter as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The community is great and the people that you meet through it. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking like, well, what... On the question of what do people do today or what can people do today, you know, our patron Facebook group is is people are still meeting each other. Like even people mm-hmm. who've, who've all, both all read are meeting each other, finding other, you know, common hobbies that they have. Um, it's, it's, a, it's such a pleasure to watch um, happen in front of us. It's still happening on the Internet today, um, which, is, which is great. And, you know, this, this Pottermore article, um, getting back to that real quick, ends on a very positive note um it says don't lose hope in in converting your friend and do find out what your friend is into it definitely won't be as good as harry potter but you know it might be um interesting question mark pottermore is totally a book snob by the way uh or a self snob um (laughs) but i i like that kind of question mark of well what have they been doing with their you know lives if they if they have a if they what have else a is there in life they, besides harry potter what else question mark question mark yeah like the idea that once you've opened a dialogue you should also let the door swing the other way and find out what they have been reading or find out what they do like to pass their time because everybody has that like 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 katie like you said like everybody's listening to something that's i think it's brilliant and i think it's true like there's a lot of downtime and people have their own ways of coping with it. I mean, maybe your friends all drive their cars and, and listen, don't even listen to the radio. They just listen in silence because they like the piece, maybe. But otherwise, they're pro- they probably have a favorite podcast. They probably have a favorite um, TV show. You know, it, it's just kind of that's our culture today is um, there's so many of these things to choose from. And listen to them. Let them talk about it. Like take as much time as you took trying to get them to Harry Potter or selling Harry Potter, listening to what they like. And you might be surprised because, I mean, maybe they can still be your friends after all if they like something that you end up liking. So This is turning into a lesson on interpersonal communications. <laughs> I think that's what this article was. It's just sort of uh, with, with, some, with some stills from the movie in, in place of, uh, you know, what would, what would normally just be a, a solid line. So Lou, who's listening live on Patreon, says... I brought three of my friends to an Harry Potter con, and all three of them started reading the books and now listen to the podcast. Hey. There you go. Thanks, Lou. (laughs) Fun nickname. So, Lou. Uh, Christina says, I sadly have almost no time to sit and read a physical book, but I'm able to use my nine hours at work to enjoy audiobooks. It's not the same, but for an avid book lover like myself, it's an acceptable trade-off. And I, I think that's the key right there. Like, it's better than not reading at all. Yeah. I'm a, I've actually been itching to reread the Harry Potter books recently. I, I'm so overdue for a reread, particularly the later books. Um, but again, it's like, oh, man, how much time is this going to take? <laughs> I want to also kind of turn it into a MuggleCast segment somehow. 
but mm-hmm. I, so I'm still working that out as well. I brought up to Micah and Eric the other day. Yeah, and it's like book five. I somebody said to me last night that book that movie five contained about thirty percent of what was in the book, and I and I I was stumped because I was like, well, I remember getting most of the story beats right. Sure, there were a few montages, but thirty percent. Yeah, thirty percent seems very very low. Um, but then I was like, well. I haven't read it recently enough to be able to really, you know, make that call myself. I'm just going to go with what my friend said and be like, I should reread book five. Um, mm-hmm. I know St. Mungo's isn't in the movie, but and, and, and probably ten more instances of angry Harry, who I can't stand. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's a 970-something page book, isn't it? Uh, so... It's just nine hundred. No, I'm thinking of no. Older, I, I'm thinking it's like seven hundred or six hundred. Uh, no, no, because book four was seven thirty four, and book five was longer, so it's got to be eight sixty two. Gosh, oh my God, you're American yeah, that's books. Crazy. <laughs> uh, wait, what do the Canadians have? We have the British, the British ones. ones. Oh God, but it's still which is the so same. weird to me because you're mm. on our continent. So what yeah, the hell? Yeah, <laughs> the Queen, man, it's all about the Queen. The Queen dictated. Have you ever been tempted to get the U.S. editions? I have the first one as the U.S. edition. I don't know why. Uh. <laughs> I don't know where it's it came from. Jumped over the border. We have all the British versions too. I have I have the adult and children's and the American version. But I don't think so we sell the American one, so I don't know where I got it from. <laughs> that's that's, a, that's interesting. You should ask. I don't. I don't. Know. Well, maybe it was like a used bookstore or something. I don't know. <laughs> All right, so we want to get to some of our Patreon suggestions, but first, it's time to tell you about one of this week's sponsors. It's Blue Apron. They're the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They have established partnerships with over 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranchers across the U.S. So as a result, seafood is sourced sustainably under standards developed in partnership with the Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch there in California. Mm-hmm. Their beef, chicken, and pork come from responsibly raised animals. The produce is sourced from farms that practice regenerative farming. So just really good quality food. I've been loving using them over the past few months. They make it easy and affordable to cook delicious original meals. And it's been great to take breaks from technology and just get my hands cooking. Here are some of the things on this month's menu. Basil pesto chicken with summer vegetable, panzanella, Sautéed shrimp and green beans with globe tomatoes, spinach, and orzo pasta. Yum. And whole grain pasta. Summer vegetables with heirloom tomato caprese salad. Oh, the names alone are just so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash mugglecast. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait that's blueapron.com slash mugglecast. Blue Apron is a better way to cook. And when I'm cooking in Chicago, Eric, I'll invite you over with my Blue Apron box. I'm going to take it away from my parents. They're not going to be happy, to be honest with you. <laughs> Maybe I should continue having it shipped here so they can separate from me a little easier. Oh, you're leaving, but you're leaving the Blue Apron box, so that's good. Keep those coming here. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of every meal, Blue Apron meal, my dad says, keep them coming. <laughs> every time. Keep them coming. He, always, oh he also asks me, when's the next one? When's the next one? Uh, it's it's good. It's good stuff. All right. So back to our discussion here. 
We ask people on patreon.com slash mugglecast. How, how, how would you suggest getting your friend into Harry Potter? First first one we got was kind of funny. April said, have them check out Joe's Twitter page, especially if they lean the same way politically. <laughs> <laughs> I don't but know. But if they don't lean the same way politically, maybe don't tell them about her Twitter account. <laughs> I don't want to read this liberal's books about wizards. Uh, Megan says, always offering to drive and play the audiobooks nonstop in your car. I literally do this, but all my friends are Harry Potter fans already. <laughs> yeah, that's that's, that's a good cool. idea. Yeah, um, you should Uber drive. You should Uber drive and 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 and, oh and just play the Harry Potter Potter. You could you could convert the world that way. Um, I that would get you a five star rating. Like I've done some Uber driving driving. If 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 I was just playing the Harry Potter audiobooks, like while I was doing it in L.A., I bet so many people would be like, "Oh my god." Are you listening to Harry Potter while driving me? It's like story like, time. Uh, duh. Yeah. Yeah. You could decorate the inside of your car like Hogwarts too, like the common room. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome that to the Harry it... Potter movie. It'd be like stepping into Cash Cab, oh but it would be yeah. you know Potter Cab. You would make it to Buzzfeed. I, this yeah, Uber driver in least. L.A. has the most magical ride ever. Yeah, that's such a Buzzfeed article. You know, Irvin has an unconventional way. I have to shout out to this: an unconventional way of converting Harry Potter fans. For younger teenagers, I play them some Swish and Flick. It's and and FYI, I'm pretty sure they mean Swish and Flick, the Wizard Rock band. Um, it's just naughty enough to utterly thrill them, and when they want to, then then they want to read the books to get all the dirty jokes. I've gotten about half hmm. a dozen converts that way. I'm glad this works for Irvin, but this is not the way that I would approach uh, getting fans into. Um, Harry Potter, Swish and Flick. They're that dirty. They, yeah, they're like, here, I can play you a sample from. Well, give me, I got it up here. So just give me a song. I'll play it through. If you didn't come to party. If you didn't come to party, I don't see that one in the top. Hold on. Well, what do you? Which ones do you see? I'll play it. Hold on. I assume you came to brawl And I ain't afraid to cuddle Which up in the great hall I'll suck some sand for your ass Before you even draw your wands I'll make a fool out of you Like you that broke wizard wand If you didn't come to party Why you at the Yule Ball I'm rolling three death eaters deep Like I was Biggie Smalls Gonna cruciate your ass If you get up in my face Cause if you didn't come to party You in the wrong place That's what I say to people if you get up in my face, I'm going to crucio you. I don't know. It's just like, is it wrong to misrepresent the Harry Potter books as being this confrontational uh, kind of? <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. Well, it it, it does make it in, it does make it intriguing. The series intriguing. Like, damn, these songs were inspired by that. What does this mean? Now I have to go read. Yeah, I guess in general, Wizard Rock is a good way to get people in. So I take back what I said. And Irvin, nice job. Six people. He said half a dozen people have been converted that way. Wow. You got to do it the way you got to well, do works. it, dude. Yeah. yeah. Christina says, I told my husband I wouldn't marry him if he didn't read the books. <laughs> he had only seen the movie for Prisoner of Azkaban, and I cringed. It worked. He read the entire series, and while not a diehard fan like myself, he at least enjoys it. I also gave a coworker an extra copy of Sorcerer's Stone that I had, and now she's hooked. My job here is successfully done. <laughs> oh. 
That was a great idea. And I think I think she hit on something important there. When you're in love with somebody or they love you, they will do anything you say, almost anything. And that's 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 something that they will definitely do for you. You got to be like, "Honey, if you really want to understand me, I need you to read Harry Potter." And <laughs> Here's they'll be the like, book oh, on crap. me. I thought I understand the love of my life already, but apparently not. So now I need to read Harry Potter to truly understand where they're coming from. (laughs) This is everything you ever need to know about me. Here, have it. It's a seven book series. Um, You know what I love? When I go on um, Tinder or OkCupid or these other dating places, um, I love seeing adults my age say, Harry Potter. Love Harry Potter. (laughs) Love it. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote um, in my profile, if you love Harry Potter, we'll get along. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a tease statement. Mm-hmm. Um, Andy has a cool idea. He says, I've been giving the illustrated editions to my friend's kids as birthday slash holiday gifts. My friend actually ended up loving it while reading it to her daughter. That's the thing. That's the oh, trick. Is okay. if you have friends who never read the books, but they now have kids gift them a really expensive looking nice little illustrated edition and maybe they'll fall in love after all yeah i was gonna say that these wouldn't really work for adults but i guess if the adults adults are reading them to their kids they could get into it that way i just can't imagine reading the harry potter books for the first time in illustrated edition as an adult i I don't know because first of all like the books are huge Mm. (laughs) you can't really tote those things around (laughs) <laughs> Faye has a cool idea. Start telling the story chapter by chapter every time you see them like it was your own memoir. <laughs> uh, Quickest way to lose friends, I think. Yeah. Here's here's somebody who sounds like the situation between me and my brother. Dana says, my younger sister loves watching all the Harry Potter movies, and for years she kept asking me random questions to clarify points of the story which the movies left out. It got to the point that I just kept telling her, read the books already. And finally, she started. Currently, she's halfway through Chamber of Secrets. Hmm. Uh, Thunderpuffer says, send them surprise gifts of stone book and film and listen to MuggleCast episode 333. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I like That's that funny. idea. Yeah. Also, um, this, from, this one from Natalie. You don't make friends that don't like Harry Potter. Problem solved. <laughs> Those people who haven't read it or watched the movies aren't your real friends. Katie, have you ever had to convert somebody? No, I mean, I've tried to. It doesn't seem (laughs) people are very difficult. I think the best thing, I think Eric touched on this, though, is if you tell someone you'll watch something of theirs, then that's the easiest way to get them to into it. It's this trade-off. Yeah. Yeah. Or threaten them with your friendship. That might work, too. (laughs) <laughs> that was whole, yeah somebody said threatened their livelihood somebody is like, it's like what i i i will watch somebody i will watch something if somebody suggests it or read it i guess but you know how when people just tell you like oh you gotta read this series or you gotta watch that series and you're like oh it's 10 books oh it's nine seasons i that's such a big commitment right now so it's hard I make a mental note. I smile and nod in the moment. I make a mental note, and it goes into where I put all my other mental notes, the mental note 
cabinet, which has not once been organized since I started it. Uh, and or reopened. You know, I tend to forget. Yeah. yeah, it was Cody, by the way. Cody says, threaten their livelihood. They'll thank you in the end. And Amanda jumps on and says, my brother said he would hold their family hostage until they read it, and the victim would discover their love for HP on their own. I don't know what that <laughs> means. Uh, yeah. Re- don't get violent, people. <laughs> I think that's another one that Pottermore should have put on here. Don't be violent. <laughs> Well, thank you to everybody who sent those in. We appreciate your support over Thanks. on patreon.com slash mugglecast. Um, I was also thinking, what could Team Rolling do to get adults into the series? We don't want them to release more editions. No. Enough of those. Yeah, we plenty, plenty. Did the U.S. ever get adult Harry Potter editions? I don't think so. Like a low-key, mm-hmm. no. No, they didn't. Harry Potter adult editions. Probably going to bring up porn. This Google search United States. Well, don't do it then. (laughs) Well, now I'm curious. Um, No, there were. It looks like with the bold fonts and the simple covers. Hmm. Unless this is from the. Oh, this is from Australia. So maybe not. I don't know. They should work with teachers. They should work with local teachers. Like, there's the issue of Harry Potter books being banned from certain schools. Uh, that's still real. But we did hear from a patron called Ann Smith, who uh, sh- who sh- she wrote in and said, I share my love of Harry Potter with my students. I teach seventh grade reading, and I have a fantastic piece of where to find them poster. A student gave me uh, a poster of all eight books, Deathly Hallows, Hogsmeade, a very old poster of Snape hovering over Harry, and it says the subtle science of potions, and Hermione sitting on my printer. This is a thing, too. Um, Diane uh, Bromberg, Adam Bromberg's wife, also has a Harry Potter classroom. And I think Team Rowling should really reach out to these teachers who have that sort of thing going on in their mm-hmm. rooms and provide additional resources or knowledge on you know, how they can optimize, how they can do even more with their students, you know, with fully within the guidelines of whatever their um, school might, might private. No witchcraft in our school. Right. Yeah, that's a good idea, but I was still thinking more adults. One, one idea that I had was finally making a Harry Potter MMORPG massively multiplayer online role-playing game. Because we have so many adult gamers, and gaming is cool. It used to not be, sort of like Harry Potter wasn't as cool. But right. but video games are mainstream pop culture, in my opinion. And I mentioned Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. That is an open world video game, which is just so beautiful. And I would love, and I'm I'm so sure that many people would agree with me, having an open world wizarding world game set during harry's seven years just do all seven make the whole castle all the grounds be able to go out to hogsmeade go out to the ministry go out to Diagon alley stuff like that if if it was a compelling video game i think you would convert a lot of people into reading the books yeah and it doesn't even have to be online it could because like zelda's not MMORPGs typically yeah. are. <laughs> well, th- there was, for a while, uh, an immersive in- online experience called uh, Pottermore at PlayStation Home, 
And it was when, when PlayStation eh. Home was a thing for PlayStation. It, did you ever play it? Did you ever see it? No, I don't have a PlayStation. It was really cool. It was really absolutely cool. You could design your character, and you could just hang around Diagon Alley and different classrooms at Hogwarts, and you'd interact with... I mean, I think that the thing was not a lot of people were on PlayStation Home, um, but it was, for a little while, a really cool interactive way to... Um, you could play Exploding Snap with your friends uh, online, but you, through both your avatars, and it was in Harry's world. It mm-hmm. was it was really cool, but it just didn't get the level of success that I think it should have um, gotten. Yeah, yeah. Um, people have asked us to do a discussion on the Harry Potter video games, which I would love to do. It's just it'd be a we'd have to like get the old systems or the old games somehow again so it and would play them yeah it would be an interesting challenge i i can tell you for sure my favorite harry potter video game was harry potter quidditch world cup absolutely and that was explicitly a a, a game just you play quidditch and it was for gamecube xbox playstation 2 came out in 2003 it was by electronic arts my god it was fantastic um but and there were there were all, some other good Harry Potter video games. I'm sure some of you are uh, reminiscing right now. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean we can try to do a, a, a discussion like that sometime. We'd all have to at least play one game, I think, to refresh ourselves. Yeah, yeah. How about re-releasing the movies in theaters? I feel like that could help too. Or it might proliferate the fact that the movies are subpar and people will go see them and be like, oh, that wasn't much. You know, <laughs> it's sort of spreading the uh, the the problem which is that the movies don't capture everything in the books. I don't think it is a problem. I think it's a I think the movies are a gateway to something better. I don't think you watch the movies and you're like these suck. I think in most cases you watch the movies and it's these are intriguing. I I want to know more. At least they still do Harry Potter weekends on Freeform. A lot. Like every weekend is Harry every Potter. Every weekend, weekend is Harry Potter weekend on Freeform. Yeah. Like uh, to see that level of commitment or endorsement from a major television channel is pretty heartwarming. Yeah. Do you not think that might be part of the problem, this oversaturation? So people just don't want to bother mm. because they see it all the time? Yeah, I think that's probably yeah. probably exactly true. And they could also feel that they're, they already missed the boat. So it's like, why bother now when all this is already out? You're You're missing that release hype. It's kind of sad. Huh. But I choose to remain hopeful that given time and patience, everyone will read Harry Potter. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, the eternal optimist. Good for you. (laughs) All right. Well, if anybody has any additional feedback there, feel free to email in mugglecast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter, twitter.com slash mugglecast or facebook.com slash mugglecast. We're going to get to some mailbag items. We have emails and we've got voicemails. But first, we have a new sponsor on the show this week. I'm so excited to tell you about these guys. You may have actually heard about them through the ABC show Shark Tank. They seem to be... Everybody seems to know them thanks to Shark Tank. (laughs) Uh, They're called Love Pop. And I'll give you a brief overview. We're all used to the traditional greeting cards you know, the Hallmark type of cards. You open them up. There's a nice little message in there. Nice design. They're fine, but they're so common. They're unsurprising. 
and and this is where Love Pop comes in. Their cards are intricate 3D laser cut paper cards designed by naval engineers in Boston on cutting edge software and then handcrafted and assembled in the Asian art form of Sliceform Kirigami. Um, I sent Eric one and I also gave one to my mom for her birthday. It was a Flowers Love Pop card. Um, so, so when I gave it to her, I had my camera ready cause I, I knew she would be surprised. These are just so cool when you open them. She opened her, she opened up the card and her face lit up cause flowers just popped out of the card. It's kind of like something you would see out of Harry Potter. It kind of is magical. A- and the designs in these are so cool. Um, no matter who is opening them, you, you're, you're bound to be surprised. That's just the kind of response you get from people when they open up a love pop card. I really encourage you to grab a few for your friends and family's upcoming birthdays or other celebrations. They'll love the card and you'll love their reaction. It's something it's something different. It'll make your gift stand out. I was Eric, blown away. I had a yeah, dragon what did in I mind. Send you? <laughs> I had a dragon and you wrote, Eric, I stole Diagon Alley's dragon for you. Watch out for his breath. Um it's it's amazing. It's just absolutely uh, if you're if you're following along in the in the show document, you can see the picture I took of it. But um, yeah, it's a pop up dragon. It's easily four to five inches tall, uh, red and vibrant. Uh, well, vibrant red, striking yellow. Uh, a full dragon. And it's breathing takes, fire. And it's breathing fire. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm I'm going to uh, post a picture of my mom opening her love pop card on in our show notes because you'll see her eyes light up. She's like, oh. Look at this. It's it's really funny. Yeah. These are really, really cool. They're so creative and ingenious and unique. It's just it's just a cool way to stand out. That's that's what I think it is. That's what that's why I love them so much. So check them out. Lovepop.com slash mugglecast, where you'll also be able to enter the 2018 Love Pop birthday sweepstakes for a chance to win 50 3D birthday cards. And they have a ton of different designs, by the way. Get dragons, flowers, animals. They have the Beatles. I, they sent me a Beatles one where they're crossing Abbey Road. It's so Whoa. cool. Just like whatever somebody you know loves, you can find a card with that theme for them. So you can get something that they will love. Again, that's lovepop.com slash mugglecast. And we thank them for their support of the show. So how about some voicemails? We've had some people. Do it. Calling in. It's always nice to hear people's voices. Um. And I was listening to these yesterday, and it just made me really appreciate, once again, um, our listeners. It's really nice to hear from you guys, because we do get the emails, and they're, of course, nice to read, but it just feels so much more personal when people are calling in. Here's our first one. Hi, MuggleCast. I'm Karina, and I'm from Aurora, Illinois. I just wanted to call you guys and thank you for being my Potter friends and for continuing with the podcast after all this time in her life, because no one in my real world really truly gets what this series means to me. I actually wanted to brag a little bit, if that's allowed, by telling you guys that I won second place in a Potter trivia event here at a bar in Illinois. I know you guys are going to say, why not first place? Well, the answer to that is because my three-person team was made up of myself, my sister, and my friend, who were both there as like cheerleading support for me because I didn't want to go alone. Like, I mean, they knew many of the answers, but I really carried the team. And the first place team was made up of, like, six people who all looked like they knew their Potter inside and out. And I want to say there were, like, ten teams out of – I mean, there were, like, ten teams total, maybe. I'm not sure. But we won a gift card, so yay us. 
out of 60 trivia questions, I only got like two wrong. Um, so that really made me feel like I deserve my Potter tattoos, which I have too. And, um, it just makes me feel like I do know my Potter and now I can really tell people that like I am obsessed, which actually everybody in my life knows that. So I didn't really have to tell anyone. Anyways, thank you for listening to me brag a little bit because I've bragged to other people in my real world, real world, but like I said, it's just not the same. And I know you guys will probably understand me a little more. Um, I love you guys so much, and please keep doing the podcast for as long as you can, and you'll always have a faithful listener in me, and spoiler alert, Snape killed Dumbledore. Bye. Whoa, whoa, rude. Oh, man. Well, that's what we're here for, and congrats on placing second in the Harry Potter trivia quiz. Yeah. I've never done one of those trivia quizzes before for Harry Potter. They are actually everywhere in Chicago. Um, I was we just need to go one. to one. Yeah, well, that's that's the whole thing. Is yeah, when you get here, man, we're, I will absolutely do it. Um, there's a recurring one. It's uh, some sometimes it's geeks who drink. Other times it's um, brain busters trivia. They just do their Harry Potter uh, nights are the most well attended trivia nights that they have, and it's impressive. But mostly, I'm upset that this uh, caller did not identify what her team name was. Because that's the most fun part of doing trivia is picking a fun team name. Mine most recently was the Blast Ended Skanks. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Why do you have to go with Skanks? Why not Scroots? Well, uh, the girls named it before I got there. It was some some friends of mine from college. Sure, (laughs) blame blame the girls. Yep. Mm -hmm. Have you ever done a Harry Potter trivia quiz, Katie? I have not. I I don't know where they are here. We have a Harry Potter bar that's done a couple, but I've never gone. Oh, bad owl. Have you been to that Harry Potter bar? Or is it the Lockhart? Yeah, the Lockhart. Oh, yeah. It's cool. great. Yeah? Drinks on fire. Drinks have changed color. How many times have you been? Only twice. <laughs> oh, that's not bad. That's cool. Yeah, I want to do one of those, Eric. I'm a little scared, but do you wear your cloak to it? No, no, no. Can I wear my cloak to it? I would I would wear my cloak to it. Wear my MuggleCast shirt to it. <laughs> okay, here's another one. Hey, guys, this is Sarah in Orlando, Florida. I've been listening to you guys for a little while now, but I have a theory of why Harry Potter has gotten, you know, why it's so big and why so many people can get into it, especially with, um, you know, all of the fan-made material. And I believe that that is because J.K. Rowling gave a personality and some sort of insight to every character that she has ever mentioned. In a lot of uh, other series, you know, a character like a parent figure or a distant family member might be mentioned by name only. So we won't know anything about that person. With J.K. Rowling, she doesn't tell us about anyone without giving us some sort of information, um, you know, which is, I think, one of the reasons that maybe we don't know so much about um, Harry's, you know, additional family members, like, you know, great-grandparents and, you know, any potential um, cousins other than, you know, Dudley and the aunt and uncle and all that. They don't deserve their names mentioned. They're awful people. Um, but anyway, I also... I'm an avid Harry Potter fan fiction reader, and what I have noticed over the years is that on any fan fiction website, Harry Potter has the largest number of fan fictions 
of any fandom out there. And to top that off, inside of the number of fan fictions, the number of couplings between hero and enemy or, or, you know, well, bad guy, good guy kind of deals always trumps the 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 straight couples. Um, there are fewer Harry and Ginny fan fictions um, than, uh, I think, Harry and Hermione, which I'm personally not a fan of. Um, <laughs> but as a whole, I believe there are more Harry and Draco fan fictions than any other um, – any other what we would refer to as a slash couple. Um, so, yeah, I think that's definitely something that uh, deserves to be spoken about. So you guys keep up the great work and have a great day. That was some interesting information, huh? Yeah, definitely the well-roundedness of characters and the flexibility of the imagination to put characters in different pairings. Um, yeah, I, I 100% get behind that. Is it because it's forbidden love? Probably. Harry Hermione. <laughs> Katie, yeah. did you ever read fan fiction? I never got into fan fiction, no. Oh. My issue I didn't fan, either. I mean, mm-hmm. I, it's a very surface issue. I'm sure if I tried hard enough, I'd find one that I liked. But um, none of them, the ones that I read, fully captured J.K. Rowling's voice. No, you don't say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very J.K. diplomatic. Should, should write some fan fiction. And well, no, and don't also, tell me that curse child was it no yeah well for also um what was it during the series i didn't want to get uh dates and facts confused like i didn't want to because oh, yeah. I, I knew i would not be able to read fan fiction and separate it from harry potter just as a thing like i i would i would be <laughs> thinking about you know while reading book six i'd be thinking about didn't harry have a pet talking snake um, you know, and, 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 and where's, where's, the, when is that snake, when is that talking snake going to show up? How am I on yeah. page 200 of, um, of Half-Blood Prince and that snake pet that Harry has hasn't showed up and be like, oh wait, that was Harry Potter and the psychic serpent. That was fan fiction. Yeah. Um, that would totally be me. I'd be getting all my information, my wires crossed. <laughs> yeah. So that was it. It was a failure of my own brain capacity and not a failure of anyone else's. Why I did but not Sarah- do Sarah's so right about the detail of every character. I think it just always comes back to the detail with Harry Potter. And you see this in her Corman Strike books, too, which is why I have loved reading those so much. You, you, you really get into the characters, the places, the objects. Mm-hmm. We, we've been thinking about, well, what else can we talk about here on the show in main discussions? We've been kicking around the idea of doing episodes on particular magical objects because, because they're so intricate. They're awesome. They're, they're, yeah, they're so important thanks to her detailed writing. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's our next voicemail. Hi, Mugglecat. Okay, oh. wait. So, the, okay, I have to intro this one actually. So, so the night before this guy calls in, and it's another drunk caller. <laughs> he was he was playing Harry Potter trivia pursuit with his friends and he lost and so he like he angry drunk caught us and he said some very inappropriate words cuz he was he was very upset over what happened uh during the game. So here's his morning after call. <laughs> Hi Mugglecast. I left a pretty incoherent voicemail last night. So I wanted to call back and clarify. I was throwing a going away party for friends. 
and we played Harry Potter Trivial Pursuit, and we got into a very heated debate because my friend read me this question, which spells are cast by the Hogwarts professors to create a protective shield around Hogwarts. However, in order to cheat, she said which spell and didn't read me the six multiple choice. So I, of course, said Protego Maxima, and then she said, wrong, you needed three. But before she could tell me them, I said Protego Maxima, Fianto Duri, and Rapello Immiculum, which is the correct answer. But she said I lost. And then she went on the question, who's the keeper of the keys in the grounds of Hogwarts? So I just needed to share the travesty of that loss with someone who would understand because no one else realized why it was so devastated. Um, And since you just did your merchandise episode, I thought it would be perfect because I was curious if you guys have ever played this Trivial Pursuit Harry Potter. It's pretty easy. It's only about the movies, and I really wish they had one with the books as well because this movie one causes a lot of fights in our friend group. Um, thanks for making an amazing show, though. <laughs> Bye. Um, I haven't played the Harry Potter trivia pursuit. You know what's interesting is there's a trivia game from 2000 that's just book one. Um, it's Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone trivia game. And yeah, that I one's that great. One. The fact that they've done Trivial Pursuit for all eight films and not the books is shocking. Um, mm. But yeah, I'm I'm absolutely of the mind that they should have done these trivia games uh, for each of the books and have it just be book knowledge and not be movie knowledge. So there's a big gap there for merchandising potential. But I am blown away by this person's ability to name the spells uh, that that that. In state the shield, especially I was thinking that too. Especially if it's the movies, because in the movies all spells are silent. Nobody, yeah. nobody, nobody shouts the those spells in the movie. I nearly guarantee it. I'm pretty darn sure. Yeah, um, he was. His name's Michael. He was like, "Oh, it was this, this, and that." I'm like, "Oh, really?" So, Michael, <laughs> just take comfort in knowing, perhaps, that your friend is is an ugly, dirty cheater. Uh, and also that you outshine us all on MuggleCast. Yes. Yeah. But uh, thank you once again. We're getting somebody calling in who wants to share uh, their Harry Potter story because they know we would appreciate it. And, I'm exactly. go- and once again, I'm, I'm thrilled that people think of us when they're drunk. That means a lot. Because you always call who who you love the most when you're drunk, right? So. <laughs> okay, here's another one. Hi, MuggleCasters. This is Rochelle. Um, I'm a long-time listener of the show. I've been with you since episode 50. So um, I had a question today that I was going to throw out at you. What do you think about the possibility of the snake lady in the circus being Credence's mother? Um, Hopefully you guys can talk about this on the next episode. Thanks, and keep up the great work. Mom, is that you? Mom? (laughs) Can you imagine? (laughs) Uh, it's, it's, I wouldn't rule it out at this point, um, just because we don't know what, uh, Credence's journey is going to be. Um, maybe if he found a family member who is his blood family, that he would be able to make strides towards accepting himself, which would maybe kill the Obscurus. Um, or if he found some direction in life, it would just probably be better for him. But I'm, 
I'm not sure why it has to be the snake lady. I'm not sure, you know, because Credence is not necessarily associated with snakes the way that Salazar Slytherin would be. Um, well, I think one idea could be, well, how does this circus actually play into the story? How right. does it connect to the existing characters? I yeah. know we've thought about Newt being someone who's interested in creatures. Perhaps that's kind of how they get involved. But I could see a surprise like this happening or somebody in the circus being related to someone in the in the main cast of Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, we should remember that the wizarding community is much smaller than the world, than the muggle world. And so all wizards are interrelated uh, in a in a very narrow way. Um, okay. So it wouldn't be surprising. Thank you, Rochelle, for that. Here's the next one. Hey, y'all. It's your favorite Southern listener, Ryan. <laughs> Not Ron. Ryan. Uh, hey, Ryan. <laughs> I, when y'all first talked about it, I just kind of punched myself. I just heard y'all's latest podcast talking about it again. I'm going to be down in Orlando on my honeymoon the weekend after the daggum Harry Potter night. I was like, oh my gosh, we missed this freaking thing by one week. And it's going to be happening. So I'm just wondering if y'all are going to be down there for the extended time or if y'all are going to be down there for the weekend. Uh, I know y'all are going to have a great time with it. Uh, just wondering. Y'all have a good one. Bye. All right, yeah, we're just going to be missing you by a week, it sounds like. I'm only going to be down there for three days, and I think, Eric, you're only going to be down there a little longer. Yeah, yeah, for September 1st, uh, the Friday, next fr- next Friday, Friday next, Friday after next, uh, for MuggleNet Live 2017, 19 years later. We'll talk more about that at the end of the show during plugs. Eric is contractually obligated to say the full name. Yeah, I'm just letting <laughs> you know what it is so you can do a Google search, but it's MuggleNetLive.com. <laughs> Um, yeah, sorry, Ryan, but I love your southern accent. It's awesome. Okay, so here's another one. Second to last. Hi, Cast. My name is Kyle, and I apologize. I left you another message, and because my phone is a piece of garbage, my music kept starting, and I got distracted, and I got cut off. Um, basically, I wanted to say that you guys are awesome, and um, that you got me into podcasts, which was not a thing I ever thought would happen, because I thought podcasts were ridiculous for so long. Um, and... If we just completely ignore the fact that my other message happened, we can talk about... I wanted to talk about Azkaban, because, um, like it was said in the last episode here, I think that uh, Grindelwald's going to break out real quick, because um, no one wants to watch him, like, you know, sitting around in jail. So, uh, but then I was thinking ahead to how, um, after Kingsley takes over, uh, Azkaban kind of changes completely, and they get rid of all the Dementors, and they... Uh, they move on to, to just having auras as guards, and, like, is that effective? Um, and also, how can they do that? Because I thought the whole point of Azkaban was, like, it is imbued with dark magic, and uh, the Dementors would never leave, and how do you even purge a Dementor? Because that's not a thing we've ever seen or heard of. Um, so, I've said all the things. Micah rocks. Bye, guys. <laughs> all right, got a Micah fan here. Uh, I also listened to Kyle's other voicemail. He had some nice things to say about... Um, how he 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 hasn't been to the theme parks because he's been in school for, I think he said billions of years, which may have been a slight exaggeration, <laughs> but he hasn't been able to get down to the theme park, so he's enjoyed hearing our descriptions of it because he also doesn't want to uh, see spoilers 
So so we're like a nice balance between avoiding spoilers and getting some information about the theme park. So huh. so thanks, Kyle. It was, it was nice to hear your other voicemail as well. I did some looking into your question here about Azkaban. The Dementors uh, decided to leave because Voldemort w- were offering them a sweeter deal. Oh. By 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 um having a little more freedom, doing something a little darker. And so, so they left on their own. Right. Well, they left on their own, but they were also encouraged by Voldemort. I mean, they wanted to get rid of the Dementors and the Dementors were willing to go because Voldemort was offering them a better deal. Yeah. Uh more fun, I guess you could say. <laughs> <laughs> And then as for, uh, what was the other part of his question? Whether we'd want to see Grindelwald just sitting around in his cell. Yeah, well, he, he's, no, well, that wasn't his question, though. Oh. Um, was it, like, effective to have just orders? Oh, right. Yeah, well, the thing was, um, there was, when there were breakouts, Barty Crouch Jr. was smuggled out by his father, Barty Crouch Sr., and replaced by his dying mother using Polyjuice Potion. And the Dementors didn't see that coming because they, they don't... They, yeah. Well, because they don't know love. They, they don't have they eyes. Don't, well, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, figuratively, they didn't see it coming because they they don't understand love and caring about somebody else. So by putting in auras, they can maybe anticipate those kinds of breakouts um, yeah, and auras have eyes. The the whole thing. I mean, I think the way it was described in the books was all they can only sense. Uh, you know, basically they sensed a dying person coming in and a dying and a weakened person leaving. It's basically the same. And Barty Crouch's mom was in there and and was not of an emotional state where she was strong. And so they figured they just did a switcheroo. They did an Indiana Jones. You know. The thing with the idol and the bag of sand, uh, pretty much right under the Dementors' noses, and and that's how Sirius Black escaped. Like uh, he also was able to find the courage to slip out, and I think it has to do with the Dementors being blind. So having humans running the uh, cells, you admittedly do have criminals who are stronger because they're not being subdued by the magic of the Dementors and the effects of the Dementors. But you have Aurors who are pretty good at what they do, I hope, and they can certainly spot uh, something like that. I, I was also reading that the Aurors kind of rotate. They're, they don't have specific Aurors that are there all the time, which is a good idea because it'd be probably quite a drain. But I was also wondering then, is getting the Azkaban shift like like equivalent to being called for jury duty or just being like on call you know with some jobs you got to be on call certain weekends to take care of stuff like that must be awful to get the azkaban shift yeah what's your yeah if you're if you're an auror you've uh pledged to protect the wizarding world yeah but just a sort of dreary and evil place like azkaban ugh I wonder, yeah, I do wonder how differently, how significantly different it looks uh, without the Dementors' presence there. But you're absolutely right about um, yeah. the Dementors sort of being strangely drawn to that area as a result of Azkaban's own history. Mm-hmm. All right, well, hopefully we answered your question there. 
And we have one more today. Hey, guys. It's uh, Klein from South Texas. Um, I was just calling to say thank you all for you know doing this show. I just recently discovered you all. I haven't been a long-time listener. Um, Welcome. But since I discovered you all, I've been – I actually went back to – the uh the start and have started listening to y'all's podcast from the beginning in 2005 wow i'm gonna keep listening to them until i get all the way through them uh it's great to have y'all to listen to every week uh it's nice knowing there's other people out there that appreciate the books as much as i do and will nerd out on them like i do <laughs> um i have a theory about the under unrequited love between grindelwald and dumbledore that y'all talked about a while back I don't necessarily believe it was unrequited. I think they had a relationship, and um, I think, like y'all said, that Grindelwald's thirst for power was more powerful. But if you'll remember in the seventh book, when they, when Harry's in, in uh, uh, King's Cross at the end, when he he's killed by Voldemort and they're in that like purgatory area, he's talking to Dumbledore and he tells him that Grindelwald wouldn't give him up to Voldemort when Voldemort was, was questioning him. And they don't say anything about them being in love, but Dumbledore does say that he thinks there's a there was a bit of regret there. And I don't think that's necessarily true. I think that there was there was something there. Grindelwald felt something for him. And that was maybe his last, you know, um maybe that was a way of asking for forgiveness in some way. And uh, that's why he didn't give him up or, or tell him where the, tell, where the wand was or who had the wand. So um, that's my theory. I think maybe there was something there. Um, and that's why they had such a strong relationship. And maybe that's why it took so long for Dumbledore to uh, face him. It wasn't just the fear. It was the fear of trying to put somebody down that you love. So um, great show. Thanks for, thanks for being there every week, like I said. And, uh, Keep it up, guys. Really, uh, really appreciate y'all doing this. Thanks, Klein, and welcome to the show. What do you I guys think it. of that theory? I love it. Yeah, I yeah. I need need to reread. Uh, I know. That, I do too. Section. Yeah, I do too. But I think he could be right. <laughs> this is one of those topics that I like. The last opinion I hear, I'm always just like, "Yeah, that one makes the most sense. Let's go with that one." <laughs> <laughs> but they do. They they. I think we all agree they both have a very deep love for one another. It's just how far does it go? Dumbledore's was further than Grindelwald's. Yeah, I think that much is canon. But we should wait for the movie to discover exactly how nuanced it gets. Yeah, but we're here to theorize, Eric. Come on. Well, I mean, I think, uh, no, Klein did a great great job of picking no, out right. something that I had forgotten. Um, yeah which was that there was a moment where Grindelwald could have given Dumbledore up and he chose not to. Um, yeah. Dumbledore was already dead at the time, but uh, still, just uh, maybe protecting his corpse? I don't, you know, I don't know. Um, they just care about each other. I mean, it, but, but the love thing, that's the part that may have been unrequited. unrequited. Right, it might have just been massive respect. Um, yeah. yeah, that's what I was going to say on Grindelwald's part. Probably it was just a lot of respect. Mm-hmm. Well, and a, and a disrespect for Voldemort, right? It's like, what are you going to do? If you're going to kill me anyway, I'm not giving you what you want. You know, I spit. Mm. I spit at you in your general direction. Yeah. So. Okay, we have an email getting back to our last episode, which could open up some 
interesting discussion. But we have another new sponsor this week. I'm so excited to talk about these guys. BarkBox. Woof, woof. They are a, Sorry. They are a monthly <laughs> subscription. <laughs> they are a monthly subscription service for your pup. You just heard. Eric evidently is a dog. Woof, it, woof. It, they they let you easily bring your dog joy every month. I've been I've brought up Brooklyn here on the show multiple times, my dog, and I've been using BarkBox over the past year. They're not just a delight to give your dog, but they're actually a joy to open yourself. Basically, how it works is you tell them how big your dog's bark is. Uh, small. Uh, they have the small and cute size, which is zero. Hopefully, not zero, but zero to twenty pounds. The just right size, which is twenty to fifty pounds, or big and bold, which is above fifty pounds. <laughs> And then you choose a plan. One, six, or 12-month plans are available. You can cancel any time, and you will get free shipping. And bark boxes are shipped on the 15th of each month. And then by selecting your dog's size, they will send you a package that is the right size for your dog, treat-wise, toy-wise. And so you get it monthly, and you open it up with your dog, and you just watch him react like it's Christmas. It's like opening like a like a like a stocking on Christmas Day. They'll stick their nose in there, and they'll get smelling all the fun toys and treats that Bark Boxes and Bark Box includes. Uh, and each month is a different theme, and that's what makes it fun for the mom or dad to open the pups box because you don't really know what they're sending you. I actually have a box right here. They sent me. Uh, it's the it's the Poo York City box. So obviously that's a spin on New York City. Thank God they didn't send me any poop. Uh, but they did send a Statue of Liberty ball. Um, it's it's like a tennis ball, but it's wrapped in the Statue of Liberty's head. Oh. It's really cute. Uh, and some treats. <laughs> yeah, some uh, a, a dumplings toy. They just the themes are really really cute. Uh, they make it fun for the owner. Um, and they send some good treats along with the toys as well. So it's a great way. Well, as a dog owner, you always need new treats for your dog. So this is kind of a way to not have to deal with uh, getting those on your usual usual shopping runs. And you always get new treats, which is fun. And they're all made here in the United States and Canada. We have an offer for MuggleCast listeners. For a free extra month of BarkBox, visit BarkBox.com slash MuggleCast when you subscribe to a 6- or 12-month plan. Again, it ships straight to your door. You get a unique variety of toys and treats that you wouldn't find anywhere else. And all the edibles are made in the United States and Canada. And your dog and you are going to have so much fun opening these every month. So again, that's BarkBox.com slash MuggleCast. Get a free month. You're, you're going to love it. Tweet me your pictures if... if um. If if you do tweet us your pictures, if you if you sign up for BarkBox, I would love to see your pups opening them. Aww. So time for an email here. Yes, Eric, you want to read it? Ryan says, "Hey guys, just finished listening to the newest episode and really enjoyed your discussion on how Harry Potter influenced fandom in general, and more specifically, how you've all been able to witness the rise, height, and fall of fan sites." I was recently looking through COS forums and felt a pang of sadness as I realized platforms like these will likely never have a resurgence, having been replaced by social media. I was particularly intrigued to hear you all talk candidly about how our beloved fan sites appeared to be headed in the same direction and was hoping to hear 
more discussion on the transition from website to social platforms. I'm not sure how much you can want to discuss in detail, but I'd be really interested to hear about Hypable and MuggleNet strategies dealing with this, and specifically how the revenue model of these sites have shifted since back in the day. Not sure if most listeners share my interest in the business side of fandom, but if you think they might, I'd love to hear a bit more discussion on a future episode. Anyway, loving these topic episodes, you guys are doing a great job of providing top-notch HP content, even when the news is slow. Cheers, Ryan P. Thanks, Ryan. Cheers Thank to you, you as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I'm definitely interested in talking about this. Like I said on that episode, I think social media has replaced the traditional fan site because because before social media existed, you had to go to MuggleNet and those types of sites to get the latest Harry Potter news. Especially because this was also before the era of clickbait, where yeah. like you know e online and and buzzfeed and like sometimes these p- places will do really good harry potter content but a lot of the time uh you'll get your big harry potter news through there coupled with a terrible misleading headline uh but anyway you you just get news about your fandoms everywhere these days primarily social media and the thing is people people don't necessarily need to click an article anymore. And that's why you see so much clickbait is because people are trying to draw you in. Exactly. Hypable and MuggleNet try to avoid doing that type of thing. Um, but you wonder why people, why sites do it. And, and that's why to get you in, you like if, if, if JK Rowling announces the Harry Potter encyclopedia, you're going to see it all over social media and you're going to see the date. You don't need to go to the website. Right. So if the websites have less traffic, um, they're making less money because most websites are run are are making their money through uh, display advertising or video ads, which is also why you see an increase in ads. And I know, like with Hypable, it's a constant challenge to to balance ads with the user experience. For example, we recently stopped doing full page ads because we know people really don't like those. But the mm-hmm. thing is, they make a lot of money, so it's like. Traditional ads, they don't make money. So that's my rant in a nutshell. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> just it's just harder. I mean, if you follow these sites on Facebook, you can get a majority of the news uh, and a, ma- a majority of the story just through even like the thumbnail view of of what the of what the thing is. And this is you're right. It's why clickbait exists. Is because across the board, across the, it's not just Harry Potter fan sites. Across the internet, people aren't clicking on websites. People do not open their browser and type in a URL to a news site anymore. It's just not how it works. You still technically Back in my could. day, we had to type in a URL in Internet yeah, Explorer. Yeah, type in a URL and go to the... Like, it's not... That's it's, muggle.net, I believe. <laughs> Mugglenet.com. Uh, it's just not a thing anymore, and that's so shocking. But people just type in... I mean, if you type a URL, it's probably Facebook or Gmail, and... That's people yeah. are so siloed in in their own thing, but you're still getting the news, and um, so it's, I always it's really got my Gmail and Facebook tabs open. Always, yeah. that's me. That's me too. So, but Ryan, you mentioned COS forums. What have replaced those are? Well, Reddit's always been popular, but Reddit remains very popular. Um, Facebook groups as well. Those, I mean, yeah. Facebook groups honestly are so good. If if you're in like we have the MuggleCast group for Patreon for Patreon supporters, um, there are of course other Harry Potter groups on Facebook. We use a group on Hypable, the staff. Like we have a private group where we do most of our communicating, 
And then, of course, the comment threads on Facebook and just talking on Twitter and Tumblr. These are the places where people are talking about Harry Potter now. Mm -hmm. So sites, and I think we touched on this with this discussion a couple episodes ago, um, or or last episode, um, MuggleNet, Hypables of the World focus a lot now on original articles looking at particular elements of things in fandom sort of like we do here on the podcast because that's original content that hopefully you won't be able to find elsewhere yeah katie you've done some great harry potter articles oh thanks my favorite one is (laughs) ranking harry potter's birthdays from worst to better (laughs) it's so good so on the money there with the headline (laughs) um but yeah, I, I so Katie, it sounds you were you were obviously a MuggleNet visitor and all that back in the day. Oh, religiously, that was like my newspaper. Yeah, right. Every morning when you wake up, what's going on on MuggleNet? Yeah, <laughs> I mean the MuggleNet designs. I'll give credit here to well, actually Dylan didn't originally invent them. Uh, right. D- Emerson Sparks's brother, but whoever invented those that fr- that the first MuggleNet designs. Not the first, technically. They were, like, the second or third with, like, the stone and the different character themes. Those were iconic. Yeah. Iconic. Those could be placed in, like, a natural history museum, in my opinion. (laughs) Those are just the best things ever. Well, they were just the best Chamber of Secrets movie posters, too, which I think they were based off of. They had the Ron with the Mandrake, Hermione with the book, and Harry with whatever Harry was with. But yeah, I mean, they were, the color themes, the interchangeability of it all was really, really, really cool. And websites still haven't been that cool, I don't think. Yeah. And I mean, one reason, one one thing that these sites like Hypable and BuzzFeed, etc. won't be able to ever recreate are those very intimate websites that just bleed Harry Potter, like those You'll never see BuzzFeed with an amazing Harry Potter design um, or fun Harry Potter themes where you could pick your character uh, for your for the website. So I miss the old days. Yeah, that was where I could have Hermione as my MuggleNet theme. Woof woof. (laughs) (laughs) I'm using the if you if you do miss the old days, all you got to do is go to. the Wayback Machine, Google Wayback Machine, yeah, and then type in mug- yeah, type in mugonet.com and you they what they what the Wayback Machine does is it captured it's been capturing the internet since like the 90s and you can click on different days to go back to that website on that day. So I went to um July 11th, 2004 and I got the classic Mugglenet theme like with Eric is saying the Chamber of Secrets poster. And I can change my theme. I can switch over to Hermione if I want. Uh, and that still works. Switch. I'm trying right now. No, actually, it doesn't. Oh, darn. Yeah, darn indeed. But, yeah, good stuff. What was your theme, Katie? Do you remember? I definitely had Hermione. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on this day, it was there were Harry, Hermione, Ron, and Draco. But I remember on MuggleNet, it got to the point where there were like twenty different themes you could pick from. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it we, got it. It got insane. Yeah, because we were like, oh man, people really love these themes. So, 
I gave you lots of options. November. The countdown I love the clock. Poll too. Huh? The different poll. The different poll. There we had the countdown clock to the next mm-hmm. book. That thing was awesome. You could add it to your desktop. I mean, come on. That was so cool. <laughs> what did you think of the second movie? Bloody brilliant. Good. Better than the first one. A little disappointing. Very disappointing. Haven't seen it yet. <laughs> Chris oh, Columbus for all seven movies. This is insane. The Half-Blood Prince theme, that was also very iconic. It was a purple and green theme, and it had the U.S. Harry Potter cover. That was probably my oh, favorite, man. to be honest. Eric, can you please talk to the people at MuggleNet? Tell them to bring back these designs. I'll go to MuggleNet every day. Okay. Every day. Yeah. I'm going to make it my homepage again. I'll put in an email. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I see. We made a website called PotterParties.com, which oh my gosh. you could find... I found, I found that uh, I found that capture of the Half Blood Prince cover. Like yeah, it, sh- it showed up on. Uh, I'm on ninth of. Mar- nope. Where am I? I'm on May 2005. Okay. Yeah, I clicked on one of the one of the larger. Yeah, April April 29, 2005, and it has that theme. That's real cool. Yeah. So I mean, you you went to this, and you had all the content that you needed on the left side. It was these fan sites were just a perfect resource, and. You know, if there's another Harry Potter again, I don't know. Would there be if there was another Harry Potter, the size and scope and detail of Harry Potter? I do and and people adored it as much as they do Harry Potter. I would be willing to bet that you could create a website like this and it would be similarly successful. Because like I'm obsessed with Bruce Springsteen and Apple. I go to Bruce Springsteen and Apple fan sites still daily. Mm-hmm. So if you have that love for something, what we never talked about this on the last episode. Do you guys ever go to particular fan sites for anything still? No. No. Really? Yeah. No. Eric, you you love Star Trek. You don't go to Star Trek like Well, I go I go I to know. my own podcast website, which is uh theimprovisedstartrek.com, the which is amazing and ever and redesigned just recently and everyone needs to check it out. Um but uh but yeah, not not fan sites so much as like for news and and content. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, but yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Hopefully that answered your question, Ryan. And if anybody has any other feedback related to this topic, feel free to email in with your thoughts. Thanks for writing in, Ryan. Yeah. I know you did specifically ask for strategy, how, how sites like Hypeable and Mugonet deal with the modern age. And in a nutshell, I would just say original content, especially yeah. if people share it on social media. That you give them content be- that's so good that they can't turn it down, right? It's an offer they cannot refuse. Right, and can't find anywhere else. Like, you yeah. can find news a- anywhere. Mm-hmm. So, and that was what we did with Hypeable a year or two ago. We were like, well, you can find news anywhere. So, we still want to do news, but we want to create original content that people will actually want to come to the site for. Yeah. And then if you're really smart, you make them pay for it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we do have a Patreon for Hypeable. Not as popular yet as the podcast ones, but... But I think actually we might be heading that way where you do have to start paying for certain websites because people like using ad blockers to to hide the ads. But these websites, they got to make money somehow. And if you're blocking all the ads, they can't make the money. Yeah. Video ads are really popular right now. 
I just want to do podcasting full time forever and always. <laughs> to hell with websites. It's old school. Back in my day, there were no podcasts. There was no bark box. <laughs> you wanted a toy, you went to the store. <laughs> oh, good times. All right. On that note, thank you everybody for listening. Katie, thanks for joining us. Hope you had fun. So much fun. I'm glad you guys had good. me on. <laughs> Aww. We'll have to have you on again. You should you should be on more regularly. You I won't great. argue with that. <laughs> <laughs> I bet not. I bet not. <laughs> Please do check out our website. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter for the latest updates. And we would also love your support over on Patreon. You can get ad-free episodes of MuggleCast. We'll get your name on a thank you page. You'll be able to listen to us record live. You can join our exclusive Facebook group. You'll get signed album art. We offer a lot over there on patreon.com slash mugglecast and we will see you in orlando on september 1st 2017 for mugglenet live 19 years later check out mugglenetlive.com we'll be doing a podcast from the theme park on that night and there will be unlimited butterbeer a feast of food and some actors from the films check out the all the info on the web we won't be seeing our caller today ryan though uh we'll be missing him by a week Sorry, Maybe Ryan. He'll surprise us. <laughs> Did he say he was a honeymoon, though? <laughs> yeah, he was on a honeymoon. Yeah, congrats, hey, well, by the way. That's, yeah. yeah, good for you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. And I'm Katie. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.